A very good morning to you and welcome to Brighton Road for this creative and interactive service. Uh, we are thinking about the theme of commitment and counting the cost. Welcome to those of you who are joining us online as well. Could we have the words of the call to worship on the screen, please? And I invite you to say these together. Those of you at home, you are very welcome indeed as well. You gather with us by the Spirit, even if you're not present with us in the building. So feel free to join in these words as well. We say together. We gather together to worship. We gather together to share our stories. We gather together to hear God's story. We have come because we love and we want to love more. Stand and sing together. Fill your hearts with joy and gladness. Please sit down. And let's pray. Thank you, O God, for your guidance, for your love, for your presence embedded in our lives through your Holy Spirit. Thank you that you offer us counsel and wisdom. Thank you for your blessings and for the hope you give us. Thank you for choosing to walk alongside us, for being with us on every pathway and in all terrain as we journey through our lives. Amen. I want to think with you for a little while about Psalm 1, and to do so in a couple of ways. Um, some of you won't be into to art or drawing or anything like that, in which case we'll kind of have a Lectio Divina approach, which is just reflecting and meditating 
upon the psalm as we read it through two or three times. I'm actually hoping that some of you will, will be, in, be keen to draw a verse of the psalm to visually represent it on one of these bits of paper which we can then present on the tables at the front of church for us to look at and reflect on. So we've got slightly more tables than we have pieces of paper. So who's really keen to do some artistic representation of Psalm 1 this morning? I'm looking for 12 tables worth. First come, first served. Otherwise you'll be sitting listening and doing nothing for the next quarter of an hour. Okay, let's be still and wait for God to speak to us through his word. A moment's quietness and then I'll read the psalm through. And as I read it through, if you're meditating on it, listen for the voice of God speaking to you through it. A word or a phrase that just seems to be addressed to you personally, intimately. Listen for that still, small voice of God speaking to you. A moment's quiet and then I'll read the psalm through. I invite you to reflect on it or to draw your assigned verse. And feel free to talk about that as you do so. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Can I invite you to reflect quietly on that, or to... Get on with your representation for a few minutes and then I'll read the psalm again to you. Okay, let me read the psalm again to you. If you're reflecting on it, just go for a phrase or a verse or a sentence and turn that over in your mind like a, chow, a cow chewing the cud. Reflect on it, turn it over ponder it, consider it. This is allowing God to draw close to you through a particular phrase and speaking into your heart. So we listen to the psalm again. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. 
whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let me read it to you once more, and this time it is about you responding to God. God, what are you asking me to do as a result of this? This is your response to God. We'll have a moment to, to ponder after this, and then we'll look and see what people have done. One last time. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Just in your mind, Lord, what are you asking of me as a result of that psalm? And if you've done your picture and you'd like to bring it out to the front, we will put them up here and we'll spend a minute or two just reflecting on visual representations. So let me read the psalm through once more with you. The psalm again, please. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. But not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked shall perish. Let's stand and sing together. I will worship with all of my heart. The, the men sing the first line and the women sing the response.
Do please sit down. It is God who charts the course of our lives, but he entrusts to us the decisions that we make. We, at the beginning, we talked about showing each other stories. Can I invite you just to say to somebody, this is a decision that I have made this past week, or this is a big decision that I've got to make in the days coming up. Don't share anything you're not prepared to share, uh, but just, you know, a decision that you have made or you're about to make. Have a word with each other. Just to say, this is, this, is what I, this is what I've decided. This is what's coming up. Share your stories with each other for a moment. Thank you. Some decisions, some decisions clearly matter more than others. The decision to ask you to draw pictures of someone and to decide to attach them to the table in that particular way, good or a bad decision, you can give me feedback on that later. If you're out for a walk, it doesn't really matter which path you take. Guy in the picture faces a choice. Should he go up or down, left or right, follow the lighter path or the darker path, the wide or the narrow way? Sometimes in life we are faced with choices like that. Which way should I go? And in life, the choices that we make can lead to very different destinations. One thing is sure, if you're going to choose God's way, it's never the easier way. It's always going to be the harder way. The one that goes uphill, the one that is narrower, probably, hopefully, the one that is lighter. If you're making a decision, if you're faced with a decision, you're not sure which way to go, you use your common sense, but you also pray. And if nothing comes to you, kind of a blinding flash of light or a clear indication about which way to go, then you just use your common sense. But you say, God, guide me in my thinking. Show me which path I should take. If you're facing a decision, I'd like to pray for you. Now, let's pray together. Lord, we pray today for people who are facing difficult decisions. Decisions which will seriously affect their lives and the lives of the people that they love. Decisions about jobs, about their marriage, about where to live, about money. And we pray for those who are living with the consequences of decisions that have been taken and aren't really sure that they find themselves in the right place. Guide them and show them how to get back on the right path again. We pray for whoever will be our new Prime Minister next week. That hasn't been our decision. But as they face the difficult transition from making promises to making good on their promises, give them the wisdom they will need to make good decisions that will shepherd our country safely through the crises which we face. And we pray for those who can't make a decision because the number of choices they have are so small, they can't see a way through their problems. It's all too much. 
Help them to see that you, you are the one in charge of the whole universe. And you are in control of their lives too. God knows all about us. And we can trust him. Thank you, Lord, for that. Amen. You know, one of the reasons I became a Christian was this sense that I, my life was going in the wrong direction. I felt as if I'd got on the wrong train. You ever had that experience? Oh, my word, this isn't going where I wanted it to. And, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. But God is the one who can get you to change trains and get back in the right direction again. So if you're living with the consequences of a bad or a wrong decision, God is the one who can get you on course. Because he knows, actually, what you've been through, what you're going to go through. He knows everything about you. Nothing you do takes him by surprise. You can never wander off the map of his life for you. And Gina's going to bring us a reading that talks about the extent of God's knowledge of us and the security get we get through that. Thank you, Sheila. The reading is taken from Psalms 139, verses 7 to 14. Where could I go to escape from your spirit or from your sight? If I were to climb up the highest heavens, you would be there. If I were to dig down to the world of the dead, you would also be there. Suppose I had wings like the dawning day and flew across the ocean. Even then your powerful arm would guide and protect me. Or suppose I said, I'll hide in the dark until night comes to cover me over. But you see in the dark because daylight and dark are all the same to you. You are the one who put me together inside my mother's body. And I praise you because of the wonderful way you created me. Everything you do is marvellous. Of this I have no doubt. Thank you, Sheila. Whatever decisions we face, whatever we've done, whatever we've gone wrong, God is bigger than that. And we can trust him. We're going to sing our God. Is a great comfortable doing, that's fine.
God holds you, God holds you in his hands. Have a seat. Alison's going to bring us our next reading from Deuteronomy. The reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 30, uh, beginning to read at verse 15. Today, I'm giving you a choice between good and evil, between life and death. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God, which I give you today, if you love him, obey him, and keep all his laws, then you will prosper and become a nation of many people. The Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are about to occupy. But if you disobey and refuse to listen and are led away to worship other gods, you will be destroyed. I warn you, I warn you here and now, you will not live long in that land across the Jordan that you are about to occupy. I am now giving you the choice between life and death, between God's blessing and God's curse. And I call heaven and earth to witness the choice that you make. Obey him and be faithful to him, and then you and your descendants will live long in the land that he promised to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Thank you, Alison. Choose life, it says. On your tables there's an envelope, and if you're at a table without an envelope, feel free to join a table with an envelope, that has all sorts of things associated with choosing life. Some of them are from that reading, others are from another source. I invite you to sort them out into three categories. There, is the, there are seven things associated with choosing life from that reading in Deuteronomy. There are seven things associated with failing to choose life from that reading in Deuteronomy. And there's a whole host of other stuff that we choose that has nothing to do with choosing life or choosing God or not. So in the envelope, there will be 14 things from that reading, some of them positive, some of them negative. When you think you've figured out what are the seven positives and what are the seven negatives, and you've distilled those out from all the other rubbish that's there, let me know and we'll read out what your decisions are. So seven things from that reading that involve choosing life, seven things that don't, and a whole host of other stuff that has nothing to do with the reading from Deuteronomy. When you think you've got it, let us know. If you're not at the table, the seven things are seven opposites. Just reflect on the reading that we've had or look it up. Either ors. Do this, don't do that. Binary choices. It's one or the other. What are those things in the reading that says you do this, but you don't do that? What are the choices we are faced with?
Has this table got it? You think so? Who's going to be your spokesperson? Okay, listen up, people, please. This table reckon they've got it. So the seven things you, you choose when you choose life, what are they? Who's going to speak? Listen up to my namesake. He will tell us how to choose life. Tim. Uh, we got life, uh, love God, keep God's laws, good, God's blessing, obey God, and prosperity. And the opposite? Our death, destruction, evil, disobey, refuse to listen, God's curse, worship other gods. Thank you. That looks right to me. Those are the key decisions we make in life. Do we love God? Do we obey God? Do we listen to God? Do we choose life? Do we choose the prosperity that he brings? Do we choose to listen to his voice? Those are the key decisions. All the other stuff, there's nothing wrong with it. Fixed interest mortgage repayments are a particularly good thing to have at this moment in time. But if you make those the goal and you allow them to distract you from putting God first, ultimately they leave us living in death rather than heading towards life. If we put God first, good things follow in the wake of that decision. Jesus said, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all the other stuff that you worry about, that comes your way as well. The big decisions that take so much of our time are not what we have. The biggest decision is, are we going to live our lives for God and follow God's way or not? And God gives us wisdom for the difficult decisions that we make. Let's stand and sing the perfect wisdom of our God.
sit down. And let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Jesus wasn't into being popular. There was a time when lots and lots of people were following him. He, he turned around and said, well, actually, let me tell you a story about a man who thought it would be a good idea to build a tower. A tower that would be great, that would be magnificent, that would make people admire him and, and think how, how rich and how powerful he was. Trouble was, he started to build, but he hadn't thought it through. And halfway through, he realised it was going to be much more expensive than he'd realised. He couldn't get hold of the materials. He couldn't find the people to do the work for him. And, and eventually, the whole project ran out of steam. And there it was, a monument, not to his greatness and his ability and his skill and his wealth. It was a testament to his failure because he hadn't planned ahead and thought things through carefully enough. Great projects are fine, but it's important that you see them through to the end. God looks for completer finishers. Being a completer finisher is really important if it comes to living for God. He battled up with a second story about a king who went into battle. He'd been confident he was going to win, but when he got to the battlefield, he found that actually, oh my word, the enemy has twice as many soldiers as I've got. And I'm in real trouble now. And he wished, actually, he'd spent the time with his generals, poring over maps, considering the battle plan, figuring out how many soldiers the enemy had and whether he could actually manage to beat them or not, to choose the place of the battle site well so that there's a chance of victory, otherwise to go and sue for peace before the battle was ever joined in the first place. Two men really unhappy because they were overconfident. They hadn't planned ahead. They assumed it was all going to be okay. They hadn't thought, have I got the resources to finish this? Am I going to be able to cope when the odds are stacked against me? Living the Christian life is a bit like that. It's a big decision. It's worth poring over and considering very carefully. If you're going to follow Jesus, it has to be a lifelong thing. You need to know that you are going to see it through to the end. Don't be like the man who started to build a tower and had to give up halfway. You need to go right the way through and stay the course. Don't be like the king who went into battle and was unprepared for the, the level of opposition he faced. It's going to be tough. There is going to be opposition. You are going to need courage and determination and grit to get through and make it through the opposition and trials that you face on the way. Jesus said to all the crowds following him, if you're going to follow me, 
is going to be difficult. You're going to need to see it through to the end and there's going to be opposition and you need to think it through very carefully. That's why I think if you're thinking about following Jesus, getting baptised is a good thing to do because that's a big step. It's a bit scary. It's a bit intimidating. And that's a good thing actually. Because to have to take that big, scary and intimidating step means that you are thinking carefully about what that involves. This is publicly saying to everyone, I'm following Jesus now. And because it's a big step, it's one that you really think carefully about taking before you take it. So if you're thinking about becoming a Christian, that's good. Sweat over it a bit. Remember, it's a big decision. It's a life-changing decision. The outcome of your life depends upon it because if you follow Jesus, you are heading towards eternal life. If you're not, then you're not. Think it through. See it through to the end. Recognise the opposition that you will face. And once you've made the decision, then God will help you and guide you and see you all the way through. When Jesus says, will you follow me? Will you follow me? Think it through. And if you say yes, then mean it. Follow him every day till we reach the end. Follow him every day through the opposition and he will give you the grace and help and support you need to make it through to the end of life's journey. It's not a light decision, it's a big decision. Think about it carefully, but if you make the right decision, choose life, then you will find God's blessing as a result of that. So we sing together, let's allow God to ask us the question, would you come and follow me if I but call your name?
serving coffee through to your left. Take a moment to look at the work that's done on the tables there. As much work putting up on the tables as it was designed in the first place. Uh, let's share together in the words of the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.